What's going on, guys? It's Fantasy Stock Exchange here, and today we'll be bringing forth our next episode of the Dynasty Decision Series we do over here at the Fantasy Stock Exchange YouTube channel. And I just want to quickly preface: there were a ton of submissions for this week's uh, doubleheader that we were planning, but unfortunately, due to Easter, we can only release one episode. But I mean, we'll we'll catch up with you guys. We'll make sure you we get you guys included sometime somehow. But either way, before we get into the episode, as always, Corey, how you doing today? Yeah, we prioritize the people that message us first. So if we don't, if you messaged us and we said we would get to your question, we'll get to it next week. We'll do a doubleheader next week yeah. for sure. So yeah, I'm doing good. As always, if you guys want to be a part of Dynasty Decisions episodes, the fastest way, the the way that you skip the line is becoming a patron uh, patron on patreon.com uh, forward slash fantasy stock exchange. You get first priority to Dynasty Decisions. Most of the questions that we're covering today are from our patrons. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, go ahead. Link is in the description. But if you just want your questions on Dynasty Decisions, you can do so by reaching out to us on Twitter. They're on the screen right now or on Discord. Link is in the description for that. So I'm doing good. Like, comment, subscribe if you enjoy. You guys know the drill. Let's hit the intro. Okay, so our first submission comes from Aguntier. I think I said that right. Just let me know in the comments down below. He is a patron of ours. Uh, just a hypo not a hypothetical question, but a question that I think is interesting. He basically said, I would love to know how you guys would approach an auction rookie draft. Now, I have never done an auction rookie draft. I don't think you've ever done an auction rookie draft. But I think the way that you would kind of approach it and the way that you would set yourself up to prepare for an auction rookie draft, because you, you probably would need a decent amount of preparation to be ready for it, is to rank the rookies, whether you want to use our rankings or your own rankings, and then assign uh, a quantitative value to each guy that you're willing to pay. And that would kind of make up the tiers that you have. So let's say you view Brees Hall in a tier of his own. It's a $100 budget for the entire rookie draft. He might be worth 70 80% of that budget or something like that. Maybe he's worth even all of your budget. I don't know, but that's the way you would kind of set it up. And then the next year down, let's say it's those three receivers. Like we value them and like Malik Willis and Kenneth Walker, maybe those guys are between 50 and 70% of your budget, so on and so forth. And the best way to win an auction rookie draft, I guess is how you would say it is to know what your market is valuing. Your market value would be really, really important for that because if nobody in your league likes Christian Watson, for example, even though he's relatively overrated from an NFL perspective, the fact that he's going to go in the first round, but if nobody's willing to spend more than 10 bucks on the guy, then maybe that's a, a point in the draft that you can exploit that value. Yeah. And again, I'm not too familiar with an auction rookie draft in general, but at the end of the day here for me personally, if I know it's an auction style rookie draft, I'm just paying up for the top available person, like plain and simple. If I know realistically, would you rather have Brees Hall or, you know, the 102, a late second, an early third. Like, I don't know how the actual like pay structure would be, but relatively speaking, I'm assuming those top, top assets are going to be going for a pretty penny because why deal with a state of uncertainty when you know, okay, I can spend this amount on Brees Hall. I can lock in, you know, a top five running back in Dynasty and don't really worry. But like, I again, I, I would want to know particularly how it's structured more but if it's just a standard auction rookie draft if it's just you know um the way the startups are are organized yeah i'm willing to spend up on Brees Hall. i'm willing to spend up on malik willis i'm willing to spend up on some of those top receivers because i'm not too sure as to how the exact structure is organized here 
Right. And if we made auction rankings, the way I would set them up is like those guys are worth 50, 60, 70, 80% of your budget. Easy. The players after like the 15th, 16th overall pick in our actual rankings would be worth like one to five dollars because there is really no consensus after those 15, 20 picks. You could grab, let's say, Brees Hall for 85 of your $100. Like you spent up way on Brees Hall. Nobody was willing to pay more than 60, 70 bucks. But if you fill out your roster with, you know, Justin Ross for $4 and Zonovan Knight for $2 and, you know, guys like that, I think you're probably better off than as if you spent, let's say, 25 for Chris Olave and 44, you know, Drake London and, you know, something like that. So that's kind of how I would approach it. I would probably look to get a guaranteed stud, like Danny said, and then maybe just find value at the end of the draft because there really is no consensus outside of, you know, 15 to 20 or so in Superflex rookie drafts. So that was an interesting question. Again, I don't know how many of you guys play in auction rookie drafts, but just an interesting gauge on, you know, rookie market value and all that kind of stuff. So let's get on to the next patron question, which is from Jonathan. He plays in a 12-team, one quarterback, but it is a six-point per passing touchdown. Half point for first downs, half point for passing completions, and minus one point for incompletions, and minus four for INT. So this is not a super flex league, but good passing quarterbacks clearly have a lot of value in this type of format. And rushing quarterbacks maybe even take a little bit of a hit too because it's a six point for passing touchdown, and you get points for pass completions and incompletions. So your Jalen Hurts types probably wouldn't have a whole lot of value in this, Malik Willis or somebody like that. But Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, uh, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, like those type of quarterbacks would probably be quite valuable in this type of format. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're contextualizing it, if you're only getting a half point per completion and you're losing a point for every incompletion, you need a quarterback that can stay at at least a 66.6% completion percentage in order to make sure you're not at a net negative there. So realistically here, you know, your typical Konami code players that are, you know, let's just say hypothetically are completing 59, 60% of their passes. Well, yeah, like you're getting the points with um, their rushing ability, but you're also not getting the full maximization of their points given the discrepancy in passing touchdown in terms of four to six points and given the discrepancy in obviously efficiency. Like Aaron Rodgers, you mentioned, is his quarterback and Joe Burrow is his quarterback. Those are two of the more ideal quarterbacks you'd want in this format because you know they're going to throw for a lot of touchdowns and you know they're not going to make a ton of errors. Yeah, especially Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, what did he have like two interceptions this year? I feel like that's what he has every year. So uh, he's a guy that would be perfect in this type of format. So looking overall thoughts on the team was his first question. It looks like you have a couple guys out of place, I would say, because you have a young team, relatively speaking, with Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry both on your team. But the nice thing about those two assets, and we've kind of touched on this before, specifically about Derrick Henry, is that they're like ride it off into the sunset assets. Like we don't think you're going to get the adequate value in a trade. So you might as well be you know, better off riding those assets out, letting them produce for your fantasy team. And then eventually when they retire or fall off, then you just kind of hold the bag on those guys. But for the most part, we don't want to be doing those, uh, doing that on those guys. But market value would dictate that you're not going to get the benefit that your team is going to get by just holding those players. So he also has a number of other questions. I know I need to draft a wide receiver in this class and possibly a tight end as well, because Gronk is his only tight end. He said, there's a few teams hoarding, hoarding like four or five decent tight ends on their teams. So he did make a trade where he received two first round picks, one in 2022 and one in 2024. I'm not exactly sure which first this was. It could have been the 105, 110 or the 112, but he also got a 2024 first out of this in exchange for Antonio Brown, who probably at that time was performing like a top, you know, fantasy wide receiver uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier in the season. And he also gave away a 2022 second. So anytime you can take an older player like Antonio Brown performing at a high level and parlay that into multiple draft picks high in the first round, slam dunk move. 
Yeah, no, uh, I think that was a phenomenal move. You took a 33 at the time. Year yeah, old he's, vol- he's old for sure. 33-year-old volatile wide receiver with obviously a lot of issues off the field. You were able to flip that in a second at the two first. Like, yeah, absolutely took that guy to the woodshed there. He also mentions here that he also got an extra first given a trade back that he made in the startup last season. So, uh, I mean, overall, I mean, the accumulation of draft capital, you have all your picks in 2023. You have an extra 2024 first. You have three 2022 first. Like, you, you are in a very, very good point here uh, in terms of accumulating that draft capital. Yep. And then he actually has a trade offer on the table. So speaking of Derrick Henry, I said he's going to be hard to move, but it all depends on your league dynamic, right? In the leagues that we play in, Derrick Henry is hard to move because nobody wants him because he's 28 years old and has all these, you know, uh, touches under his belt. But in this type of uh, package, I'm willing to move Derrick Henry. 100%. Trade Derrick Henry and the 112 away for the 106 when, and the 106 and the 112 is a pretty big difference in value, in my opinion, and a 2023 first and a second round pick. So the value for me on Derrick Henry is about the 112. Like that's about the range that I value Derrick Henry at. But again, does that make it less valuable to have Derrick Henry? Or do you want to just hold on to him and get the fantasy production from him? That's, you know, team dependent. But the fact that you can go from the 112 to the 106 and also get a first next year and a second next year, another woodshed move. Yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. He also mentions here that I've let teams know I'm willing to move either Rogers or Burrow. Yeah, I mean, like you don't feel like you're forced to, but like, yeah, if somebody's willing to pay up given the format, for one of those quarterbacks, I wouldn't be opposed to it because realistically, given the amount of draft capital you have as a whole, I mean, you can completely turn this thing around, especially if you sell Derrick Henry for this package. You're going to have a full young team for the most part, apart from Gronk and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think Rodgers would be the one that I would sell. I don't think 100%. I would sell Burrow just because he's a young quarterback in a format that th- this would be very appealing to a guy like him as a guy that could be one of the best passers in the league for the next you know, 10 years. I probably wouldn't move Joe Burrow. I would like, again, any, any player has a price, but Aaron Rodgers is probably the guy that I would move, especially if you make the Derrick Henry deal, it makes sense to get the other older asset off of your team, replenish yourself. And maybe in the Aaron Rodgers deal, maybe you trade him to somebody that has a lot of tight ends that you could get a young tight end in return. Yep. For sure. So overall, any under any other underlying thoughts here? Should we move on to the next team? No, I think you're well set up here. You got a lot of draft capital, a lot of like we haven't even really talked about his elite young pieces. Najee yeah. Harris, Devontae Williams, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddle. Need some depth at wide receiver, but you're gonna have the 105 this year, the 106 this year. If you make this uh Derrick Henry trade, you can get two wide receivers most likely with those picks. I probably wouldn't address the quarterback position at all, even if you move Aaron Rodgers in this draft, because this scoring format is not kind to this draft class, I would say. Um, because it requires you to be an elite passer, and I don't think any of them are. So I probably wouldn't, uh, you know, target the quarterback position at one ten or or any of the other picks that you have this year. So um, that's it for his team. Let's get on to Ernest's team, another patron of ours. You guys can see it on the screen there: Tua, Davis Mills, Sam Howell, running backs, uh, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Michael Carter, Stevenson, etc. Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Drake London, etc. At wide receiver. And uh, David Njoku and Dan Arnold at tight end. And obviously with rookies in the draft, he doesn't have any picks in 2022, but he does have all of his picks, all four of his picks in 2023. So a few weeks back, he participated in, a, in his first startup uh, that he said that included rookies this offseason that haven't been drafted to the NFL yet. This is a super flex league, no tight end premium. He said, I think I, I made a huge noob mistake by drafting too young and falling in love with undrafted rookies. It also didn't seem to help that I, had, uh, I hadn't seen your rookies or your running backs to move on from video. So he does have Miles Sanders. He does have Michael Carter on his team as well. Uh, overall, looking at his team, I, I don't think you made a huge mistake. I think your team is in okay shape. The only thing that kind of makes me nervous is your quarterback QB. position. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. The quarterbacks here are very, very sketchy. I mean, two is probably going to be, you know, a long-term two, three type. He's not somebody I'm overly excited about, but especially I'm not overly excited about if he's the main piece of my quarterback core. Davis Mills, I mean, I think he could have a, a pretty solid 2022 season, but let's be honest here. If that team's picking in the top five, you can almost peg them into Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. So I don't know. There's a lot of volatility here, obviously, with how you're you're hoping and praying he gets that first round draft capital, because if he does get it, you're going to get a very, very good value, uh, apparently, where you would have gotten him in the startup. So um, I feel like you just got a lot of the like, QB two, three, four types. I would want that number one. I would want that, obviously, for your perspective here. I mean, you have all four picks in 2023. Your team's in a good position to put up points. I would try to transition that to try to get myself in position for CJ Stroud, get myself in position for Bryce Young, because if you get one of those cards, like if you had a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud as your number one, two was your number two, you know, Mills, Howell, Bridgewater were like your three, four, five, that would have been a better situation to be in. But yeah, that's the, that's really like the only thing missing here. Cause I mean, you got your locked and loaded elite asset type of wide receiver. Same thing with the running back position. And although you're missing a prototypical tight end, like I can see a, a, a case where Njoku returns on value this year too. Yeah, I would gauge your league market on the running backs that you have on your 100%. team. Because if you could strip if you could strip your running back core dry and collect four or five first round picks in 2023 and also maybe some 2024 capital and maybe another elite wide yep. receiver, uh, young wide receiver, then this was probably more set up to be a great team at that point because like you really need Sam Howell to hit. And I like Sam Howell. He's my quarterback one currently. Risky. But if he hits, he's still probably only like the 10th best quarterback in Dynasty. That's if he hits big too. Like he, he's probably never going to get past even like your Trey Lances and Dak Prescott to the world. I don't even think like there's no chance in hell he gets near Kyler Murray or, or Lamar Jackson or any of those guys. But even if he hits big, he's probably still like your quarterback 10 overall in Dynasty. So um, you, this is just a little bit of a sketchy situation to be in. I would gauge your market on Jonathan Taylor because you know you can get a lot for him. I would gauge your market on J.K. Dobbins. I would gauge the market on your other Taylor. you know, running backs. See if you can acquire more wide receivers, maybe a tight end, maybe another quarterback, or just draft capital. Just because this team is set up on a shaky foundation right now. Let's put it that way. Um, he does yeah. say, though, my team is young and I'm in it for the long haul. I'm willing to wait a season or two to start winning. Where do I go from here? I want to learn from my mistakes. What do you think my options are and what moves, if any, should I make? That's basically what I just uh, kind yeah. of outlined. Running back position is where I would be looking to see what I can do. Basically, you just pointed yourself to the exact fix for this roster. You just said, I don't mind waiting a season or two to start competing. If you know you're not going to be competing for a season or two, you get rid of all those running backs. You get rid of all those running backs. Like Jonathan Taylor, you could probably get realistically an early first this year and two extra first round picks. Well, the draft already happened, so you're not going to get any 2022 picks. So oh, you're oh sorry. Be looking, you're going to be looking 2023 for 2023 picks. and 2024 capital. Yeah. And here's the thing with Jonathan Taylor. As much as we love Jonathan Taylor, and he's a great dynasty asset, he does kind of pigeonhole you into winning now if you take he, he him does. in the first round. If you, you probably, I'm assuming you passed on some quarterbacks. You probably passed on Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson. And if you had those guys instead of Jonathan Taylor, you'd probably be in a lot better of a situation because even if you were trying to win this year and you had Lamar Jackson instead of Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Michael Carter, Ramondre Stevenson is a fine enough running back core for you to win this year. So uh, again, it's not that we don't like picking Jonathan Taylor in the first round, but had you when you made that selection, you probably should have committed yourself after taking Jamar Chase that you probably should have went towards more win now build 
And instead of taking Tua, instead of taking Davis Mills and Sam Howell, you probably should have went for more like Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady types um, at that point, because you're pigeonholing yourself by taking a running back. And I know he's like 23 years old. He does put you in a win now window, regardless of how young he is. Well, I mean, if we're talking about it, let's just say hypothetically, like you give again, I don't know the context of your league's micro market, but I would gauge to see maybe somebody's willing to give, you know, Trey Lance in a 2023 first for Jonathan Taylor. I know in some casual leagues, Jonathan Taylor is consistently a mid first round startup pick and Trey Lance is a mid to back end two in most casual leagues. So if you're if you're able to net that type of haul, get a Konami code elite ceiling type of quarterback to anchor this core and get a 2023 first to complement this youth. That would be a deal I'd be looking to move. Obviously, Dobbins, you kind of mentioned, if you can flip into draft capital or a young wide receiver in a pick, like I would look to that. Overall, I'm just trying to rid myself of my RB points already. And once you do that, you're already inherently increasing the value of your own 2023 first. If you trade off Dobbins, Taylor, Sanders, Carter, Ramondre, whatever whatever running backs you want to put into that category if you trade them off like you're ridding yourself of fantasy points which in your situation given the youth of your team is what you were trying to do you want to get in position of Bryce Young CJ Shroud you know Boutte Addison Jackson Smith and Jigba like you want to be able to have capital in that early to mid portion of that 23 2023 draft because I'm telling you I've looked into it Corey's looked into it I think everybody on Dynasty Twitter's looked into it that class is going to be special. Yeah, it's going to be very, very good. Yep. And like a move that I'd be trying to make too, if you could, if you could flip like J.K. Dobbins plus Davis Mills to a quarterback needy team for a 2023 first and like a young wide receiver or maybe an, another quarterback or something like that, that's probably a move I'd be looking to make because again, you want to what you want to do is align your quarterback core and your running back cores primes together and have your wide receiver core be the thing that you build up first and your tight end core probably the same thing. When you're rebuilding a team, typically you want to start with a lot of young wide receivers that are going to hold value for a long time. Young quarterbacks are going to hold value for a long time. And as it stands right now, your quarterbacks are a major question mark. You have some really, really, really good wide receivers and your running backs are really, really good as well. But you are pigeonholing yourself into competing now when you build a team around a running back, uh, yep. around running backs, basically. Yep. No, I fully agree with that. Gage, Ramondre Stevenson, maybe you can get an early two this year. Same thing with Michael Carter. Maybe you couldn't even get a back in first. Like genuinely i mean obviously your your draft already happened but you target a contender and you say hey listen you're going to be picking in the 110 to 112 range next year given the status of your team get a guy like michael carter who could be give a lock sanders loaded. too give him sanders and carter carter and sanders okay. yeah genuinely like i would do that i mean Car- carter and sanders or carter and stevenson i mean maybe somebody super hyped on rojo because he signed with the chiefs like i am literally gauging interest in every single running back on your team yeah, because you do have a lot of trade value in these running backs. So yeah. uh, we spent a lot of time on Ernest's team. Again, yep. I don't think you did you know, a terrible job. You said, I- I'm worried that I made a huge noob mistake. I don't think you did a terrible job, but I do think had the mistake that I would have changed was that once you took Jonathan Taylor and Jamar Chase, which I don't know how you got both of those players, but once you took those guys in your dynasty startup, you should have shifted towards maybe more of a contending type of build. Not necessarily take a bunch of 35-year-old players, but um, in your tiebreaker decisions, maybe lean towards more of the win-now asset. Yep. No, uh, I fully agree there. So we can move on to the next team. That's going to be from Corey Van, another patron. And uh, you guys can see the team on the screen, but quarterback Zach Wilson, Davis Mills leading the charge there. Running back Matt Breida, you know, Benjamin and 
Zach Moss, wide receivers headlined by Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Van Jefferson, tight end Cole Komet, along with a, bu- a boatload of capital in 2022. He does not have this 2023 first, but he does have three seconds and two thirds. So overall, he he kind of says here, I did a gaggle of trades over the last couple months to blow up this roster and rebuild. He asked, what are my possibilities with these 2022 picks? And he also asked me in the DMs, uh, like what would be a typical offer he could make for the 101? So I'll let you tackle it first. Uh, what are your thoughts on the team, the capital, and uh, overall the question that he has here? Yeah, so I'll start with the question. I would say there's absolutely zero chance I trade for the 101 with this roster because like I just kind of said for Jonathan Taylor, I know Brees Hall's a young running back, but when you have a running back on a rookie contract, you want to align that with your winning window. Yep. And your winning window is probably not for a couple of years because this roster is in really rough shape. You kind of already talked about it. You're trying to blow up your roster and rebuild. Unfortunately, this year in a one quarterback league, your picks don't have a whole lot of value. 110, 111, 112. They're first round picks, but they're not exciting first round picks in this year's class because we don't have an overly deep draft class outside of the top, you know, 10 players in a one quarterback format. So what I would be doing if I were you is trying to sell my picks in this year's class for 2023 and 2024 picks, because it's not like you have the 102 and the 103 and the 104 and you can get some foundational players. At 110, 111, 112, you're looking best case scenario at Chris Olave, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens types. And that's fine if that's that's and nobody's willing to give you value and you just pick those players. But if you're willing to uh, if you're willing to really punt this thing, get your own first round pick back, which would be ideal if you could, your 2023 first. Um, if you can trade the 110 and the 111 for your 2023 first next year, I'm easily willing to do that. Yes, no, I, I fully agree. Given the context of your team, I do expect that first to be relatively early. And uh, in general, I mean, we're looking at the top of the, the class, even in a one quarterback league. I mean, the fact that we can already list off as many names as we can, Bijan Robinson, Keishon Boutier, Jordan Addison. I mean, we're talking about a loaded class, even if we're not talking about the quarterbacks. Like we can go realistically right now, do a 2023 first round mock draft to one quarterback and still have names that we felt like we left off like genuinely like oh i can't believe this guy didn't make the cut there are legitimately like 12 15 non-quarterbacks next year that would be fringe first round picks at minimum this year yeah exactly and the other thing too is that maybe your league is already hip to the 2023 class maybe they know it's going to be good and they don't want to give you those picks back go for 2024 you're not going to be winning for a long time with this roster so if they have no idea who travion henderson is if they have no idea who xavier worthy is and all the guys that are going to be in the 2024 class Target that class and make that the uh, the point for your rebuild. If you can go yep. into 2024 and, you know, take away, like if you can sell the 110 for a 2024 first, do it. If you can sell the 111 for a 2024 first, do it. If you can sell any of these picks for 2024 My capital, point. 2023 capital, if you can, that is what I'm looking to do because I am expecting this to be two to three years at minimum of a rebuild because <laughs> unfortunately for you, you don't have really any cornerstone pieces on your roster. You don't have a, you know, Jamar Chase or a Justin Jefferson or anybody like that. So Everybody is up for sale. Anybody and everybody is up for sale. If you can sell Mike Williams in the 110 for somebody's 2023 first and 2024 first because they're a contender, go ahead and do it. Yeah, and I was going to say too, even if you want to package a few of those seconds to make sure you can get a future first, like I don't know, again, the context of your league's micro market, but let's just say somebody's super hyped about Russ going to Denver and you can package like, I don't know, Tim Patrick and those three twos to get, you know, a contenders one, like I'm, I'm willing to do it in that scenario. Cause at the end of the day here, I mean, we've studied this class. We kind of know that those second round picks are realistically going to be late two early three players in a super flex, which this year, late two early three is more so 
you know, mid to late three in 2023. So I mean, the two ten and the two eleven in a one quarterback league are going to be like Zamir White, Zonovan Knight type of players, which are 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 coin flips at best. They're probably ten percent hit rate type of players. Like we're not talking about you know stud second round picks like we had in 2020 or we had in 2018 or a couple classes ago. So what we're looking for with this team is align your winning window in 2024 is when you should first start to look to maybe make this team somewhat competitive. So as much draft capital as you can acquire for 2023 and 2024 is what I'd be looking to do. I, If you spend barely any of these picks that you have this year, I think it's a win. If you're yeah. able to parlay this into, even if you're not getting first, like go for 2024 seconds, go for 2023 uh, seconds with some of the second rounders you have. Yeah, with the seconds, obviously, don't do that with the first. If you, yeah, but if somebody's willing to give you yeah. their twenty twenty three second for the two hundred four this year, go ahead. Yeah, no, then definitely. I mean, two hundred four this year, somebody's willing to give you that twenty twenty three second for two hundred five. You have a bunch of the picks in that early portion of the second round that, especially a contender, they they might say, oh fuck, like you know what, I can just relay my pick from next year and use it as a piece that I can use on my roster this year. Those are the type of moves I'm looking to make. Even if a contender says, hey, oh, I really like that 203, I'm going to give you my 2023 second and third. That's a move I look And throw to. in players, too. If they want more, yeah. like give them Van Jefferson, Robert Van Woods. Van like, Jefferson. Who cares? You don't need those guys. So uh, yeah. by all means, make some moves like that. Nobody on your team is expendable. No picks on your team are expendable. You are looking to absolutely dominate the 2023 and 2024 class. That is the goal of this team. So yes. let's move on to the next question, which is from Scott, also a yep. patron of ours. Just a simple trade question, and it kind of relates back to the video that I did do last week talking about selling the running backs before the NFL draft because this is one of those running backs. In Miles Sanders, he has an offer on the table for his Miles Sanders to trade away for the 209 this year and a 2023 third. Now, we kind of just talked about it. In a super flex format, the 209 is probably not that great of a player. It's probably at best like David Bell, Justin Ross type. Like you're not looking at a guy that is going to be a superstar piece for your team. But as I kind of talked about in that video, Miles Sanders this year in the draft has a risk of going from late second round value, mid to late second round value overall on the market to being virtually useless for your dynasty roster if they draft a high caliber running back. And Brees Hall has a chance to go to Philadelphia. There's a legitimate chance that they draft Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, even Isaiah Spiller, or even you know Brian Robinson or, or James Cook or anybody that could contribute to that running back core. And that is going to big time impact Miles Sanders' value, which already isn't that high to begin with. So getting the 209 and a 2023 third is a package that I'm willing to move off of Miles Sanders for. Do I wish I could get more for him? Do I wish I could get a late first or an early second or something like that? For sure, but I don't think you're going to get that on the open market given Miles Sanders' recent disappointment in the past couple of years. And I think this is enough for me to move off of Miles Sanders and mitigate that risk of him getting replaced off of my roster. Yeah, I mean, would I have preferred this to be more in the 205, 206 area? Of course. But I mean, at the end of the day here at that 209, I mean, we see it all the time that people don't know how to draft. And I mean, I, we like assuming that we ourselves know how to draft, but at the end of the day here, we're just projecting forward. So, I mean, that 209, I mean, realistically, we might have someone to be ranked at the 203, but your league micro market will have that guy more so as a mid or mid to late second round pick. And if that's the case, if you're getting, you know, the FSC 203, 204 at that 209 or whoever your 203, 204 is at that 209, I mean, you're getting a ton of value there. And obviously you combine that with that 2023 third. I mean, it's another dart throw. Miles Sanders is kind of, whatever at this point at least you're transitioning a quote-unquote dead asset into two expendable liquid pieces in that 209 in 2023 third so i would agree with you there i would probably prefer the picks just give me another chance to try to hit 
Yeah, and maybe uh, who knows? Maybe there's a guy on the two on the board at the two oh nine that somebody really wants, and you can get their twenty twenty three second out of them yeah. on the clock, and then you transitioned instead of the two oh nine, you got a random twenty twenty three second and a twenty twenty three third for Miles Sanders instead, or you can trade it for a veteran player at that point. So, a um, lot of options with that. Let's move on to the uh, next team, which is Jeff, and I'll let you take it away with that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, he mentions here, uh, this is actually a one quarterback league. So one quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, two flex. And in the flex, he can fit either a running back, wide receiver, or tight end. So he mentions here that this is where my team's currently at. I'm trying to be aggressive leading up to the draft in moving Carter, Gabe Davis, Rondell Moore. Team is young and with two firsts this year. And next, I think I have a chance in the next two years to compete. The main questions that he has are what moves would you try to make or players picks to target leading into this draft and would you or would you take a wait and see approach with this team so i'll let you kind of look at the team uh and try to help you know answer those questions and i'll I'll yeah so obviously the first thing we want to look at is cornerstone pieces which you have a lot of you have kyle pitts you have t higgins you have michael Pittman jr you have um not really any cornerstone pieces at running back or at quarterback but it is a one quarterback league so i suppose the quarterback core you have for now is probably fine at the 101, like it's Brees Hall. Like I'm going to take Brees Hall there yeah. in a one quarterback format. The 102 is whatever receiver you deem to be the best, you know, based on their draft capital, based on where they go, and based on what you like about them. For me, as it stands right now, it's Drake London. But if he goes to the Eagles at 18 and, you know, Traylon Burks goes to the Buffalo Bills at 25, it'll be Traylon Burks. If Garrett Wilson goes fourth overall to the Jets and Drake London goes to the Eagles and Traylon Burks goes to, I don't know, some random team then I'll take Garrett Wilson at that point. It's all dependent on where they go in the draft, how high they get drafted, and what you think of them as well. With this team, I'm probably just looking to address those two positions with 101 and 102. And then next year, probably looking to fill up my running back core outside of Brees Hall. If you can sell some of your fringe pieces for more capital, either in the second round this year or the the second round next year or the first round somehow, next year, if you can flip both Melvin Gordon and Michael Carter or Michael Carter and Rondell Moore, like you said, in the question for 2023 first, by all means, do something like that as well. I, w- I was going to say, too, if you wanted to include, you know, Carter, Rondale, 202 and 102, and you can get like three firsts out of that, like by all means, like I would look into something like that as well. I mean, if we're looking at it realistically, Michael Carter, Rondale Moore and the 202 for the most part could probably at least get you a 2023 first. In my opinion. Right. I, I would say that might be a little bit too much to pay for a first if it's going to be late. If it's if we know it's going to I got a chance to be early to mid or yeah. something like that, 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 then I think that's a fine deal to make. But Michael Carter and Rondell Moore together should net you a 2023 first. I think there should be a team in your league that values the youth of those players and also the fact that we kind of know what they are at this point. There's there's hype around both guys to the point that you should be able to get a random 2023 first for those two players. And if you have to add in Odell Beckham Jr. or anybody like that, by all means, add those guys in as well. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it depends on your league's micro market. But if I had to throw in the 202 and I know that there's still a chance that that first is going to be early to mid, like say it's a, you know, a fringe contender that finished seventh last year and he's like, oh, I I want this last piece to try to make the playoffs. That's the type of team that you want to exploit here. Yeah, exactly. So as far as, you know, your basic question, who do I want to draft? I'm going Brees Hall and Drake London, depending on landing spot for those wide receivers. 202, you should be able to get another good-ish wide receiver prospect there. Maybe you want to address another quarterback too, because it is a one quarterback league. I don't know if you're going to get Malik Willis at 202 in a one quarterback league, but if you can get Sam Howell there with top 40 draft capital, I don't mind throwing him into the mix at your quarterback position because you don't really have a whole lot of ceiling there. You have Mac Jones, who's going to probably be a starting quarterback for a long time but not a high fantasy ceiling. If you can hit on a Sam Howell at 202 in this year's class, who goes to like the lions or something at 32 in the draft, 
then I think that would probably be a much better situation to have. Or Desmond Ritter, maybe, if that's what you're about to say. No, I was going to say maybe you can take Mac Jones in the 202 and try to get an upgrade. Yeah, potentially, yeah. Like, I, I, I think he mentioned, obviously, uh, he, um, he might have mentioned it to us uh, when we had our consultation that there's a few teams in this league that are hoarding elite quarterbacks. I believe he said, like, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. So right. it might be tough to make that type of move. But, I mean, if you can, I would always look into that because Mac Jones is just like the perfect packageable piece right now because I feel like his real-life NFL standing is affecting his actual fantasy value for a lot of people. Like, I, I think I saw on a tweet yesterday, somebody said they would rather have Mac Jones and Trey Lance in Dynasty, which makes no freaking sense at all. But, I mean, that just kind of goes to show you that, like, for the most part in more casual leagues, people think, oh, yeah, this consistent, 10 to 15 year starter paired with Belichick, you know, he's going to yeah, 10 to 15 you know, fantasy like, points is what you're getting out of him. Literally though, literally though. So uh, if you can do that, obviously look into it. It fully depends on what's available on your league market. But overall, I mean, you mentioned those fringe pieces, Carter Davis, Rondell Moore, um, Ramondre Stevenson, basically all the guys that you have kind of um, italicized here or guys I'm looking, engaging in value apart from Pitts Cause I don't know why he's italicized, but do not trade Kyle Pitts. Yeah, for sure. So um, anything else on uh, Jeff's team or should we move on to Brian Harris, which is the last patron question, I believe? Um, I don't have any uh, anything else here. Uh, just, you know, keep keep plugging it in and uh, yeah, look to see if you can maybe maneuver that board and try to get 2023 draft capital because this team is close. Honestly, I think after that 2023 draft, you know, you get a couple pieces here and this team is in a really good position. Right. And you, you talked about moving Rondell Moore and Gabriel Davis and stuff like you don't need to move those guys if nobody's willing to give you the value because they yeah. are young. They, they could, you know, ascend and eventually become better players. We're just, you know, not as high on those guys as some people in your league might be. So uh, let's move on to Brian Harris's team. Last patron question uh, here. And I think uh, Corey and Ernest could learn a lot from how Brian uh, structured his team in a startup. So he, he basically said he just drafted this team. It's a startup team, 12 team super flex, half PPR. He drafted three quarterbacks in the first three rounds, which if you're going to go for a more longevity based thing is something that is, is smart to do. Now, do you need to necessarily get a great quarterback three? Probably not. You probably could have waited and gotten like a Mac Jones as your quarterback three and like in the seventh, eighth round of the draft. But what are you saying? I'm just going to say, May, usually you, you don't plan on drafting. Trey Lance should not be there in the third round. Is what Trey you're Lance should not be there in the third round. Deshaun Watson should not be there in the second round. So if we're taking a value-based asset accumulation approach, you smash those three picks out of the park. You don't plan on taking three quarterbacks in the first three rounds, but if, you're, if your league's just going to give you that type of value, you're like, yeah, I, I absolutely love what he did here. You have three of the top, eight or nine dynasty quarterbacks and all guys I feel like should be taken within the first 15 picks of a startup. So yeah, that is a ton of value accrued here. Right. And you could potentially trade those guys for a down tier and pick up yeah. another wide receiver or pick up another running back. So post draft, I'd imagine these guys should be worth more than they were worth in the startup, given where you got them. So if somebody's really you know hurting a quarterback and they want a young piece like Trey Lance, you could probably trade Trey Lance for like a couple first rounders and a young wide receiver to add to your core. And then you could use maybe one of your picks in future drafts to fill out your quarterback three. Or if you want to just downgrade to like a Zach Wilson from Trey Lance, you might be able to get a 2023 first on top of that in exchange for, uh, for Trey Lance, or maybe a 2023 first Marquise Brown and Zach Wilson or something for Trey Lance. Yeah. Okay. If you, if you got 2023 first Marquise Brown and Zach Wilson, if it was just the first, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But if you can get, you know, a young receiver or a first round pick and, you know, a young promising quarterback, I wouldn't, 
be opposed to it. But at the end of the day here, no matter what, if you decide to flip any of those quarterbacks, you're going to get way more value post-draft than you would have during your startup if you had passed on them. So good, good job in recognizing the value discrepancy, recognizing that market inefficiency and taking advantage of it. Yeah. So he asked, where do we see this team heading this year? I mean, you're probably not going to win, I would say, because you have more so of like a longevity build. You're going to be set up well into the future. You have kind of like a hero RB situation going on for this year with uh, JK Dobbins and, you know, a bunch of fodder behind him uh, from a redraft perspective, but you do have a pretty solid wide receiver core. You have a good tight end TJ Hawkinson. You're going to have your, your elite production is going to come from your quarterback position, obviously. And at the one Oh five, Am I a po- Would you add Kenneth Walker to this team to try and make it competitive? I don't think the wide receivers are strong enough to win this year. I'll be honest. Uh, you have a lot of value. Like I, I think Bateman's got good value. Ayuk's uh, got good value. Obviously, Deontay's got more value, and he's a win now type of player. But I mean, other than Deontay, I don't really see a case for unless Lockett gets traded or something. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, you have a lot of wide receiver two, three, four types which is fine, but if you're trying to contend, you need guys that can challenge that top 10, top 12 type of area. And aside from Deontay Johnson, I just don't see that level of ceiling. So overall, I mean, I I think a few of these guys can end up developing into that by 2023, but that just kind of shows me that this is more so of a 2023 team as opposed to trying to compete just exactly this year. Right. So the ideal situation for you is you grab your best receiver available at 105, at 208 and 305, this draft class might not be deep, but what there is a lot of in this class is like upside sec- late second, early third round running back. So yes. if you grab a running back like, you know, Tyler Algier at 208 and at 305, you can get, you know, Donovan Knight or something like that, then maybe those guys can turn into something. And then come 2023, when you have, you know, a mid first round pick to address your position with Sean Tucker or Jameer Gibbs to add to this running back core, then your team will be fully ready to compete by that point. And you might have some young upside running backs that you that you hit on in 2022 as well. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, you, you mentioned two, two running backs next year. I mean, realistically, too, if you also wanted to add, like, a Boutte, a, a Jackson Smith Jigba, Jordan Addison, like, that would also supplement some ceiling at the wide receiver position and would also leave you available liquid to be able to, you know, if you wanted to flip Gallup in a two to get it, uh, a contending running back. If you feel like your team's in that type of shape, you have a lot of flexibility in that regard to make the move. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, we know you're not competing in April. So don't worry about setting the lineup in April. If September comes and you recognize a value of veteran running back and you think you can make a push for your championship, go nuts, go get them on the cheap, go get your, you know, 2023 James Connor, your Leonard Fournette, you know, Maybe, I mean, let's just think about old productive running backs by 2023. Can't really put a name on one, but I mean, maybe Nick Chubb's a, a valued around there by then. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. I, I do think the first move that I'd be looking to make is seeing what the quarterback market is in my league. Because if somebody's willing to give you a huge package for one of those quarterbacks, and then you can also get a down tier or something like that, because realistically, you don't need these three guys. And again, we don't want to be focused on our starting lineup in April, which is never a smart thing to do. But if somebody's willing to give you a down tier quarterback and a a boatload of picks and a young piece at wide receiver or running back, then I am willing to entertain an offer like that for either Kyler Watson or Lance. So um, that's basically our thoughts on that team. Let's move on to uh, DTB Brownies team, which is from the Discord. I'll let you uh, take it away with this. Yeah, for sure. So he's got uh, a couple trades listed here, uh, as well as his current capital and his current team. So he mentions here, this is the second year of my first ever Dynasty League. I have plenty more bench players, but they aren't, I mean, they're fodder pieces, as we like to say on the channel. 
I was wondering what your thoughts are of my team. Do I compete now? Rebuild? What are my needs in the next two years? So uh, overall, I mean, looking at the team quarterback, you got Kirk Cousins, Tua Tungabailoa, and Daniel Jones heading that core. Running backs obviously headlined here mostly by the top three being Javante, Saquon, and Antonio Gibson. Wide receivers, a very old core with Evans, Thielen, Ridley, Rondale. Uh, Rondale's not old, but he's also not good. <laughs> Tight end, uh, Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth leading that core, along with the 2022-103, or 110, and 206 for the main pieces of picks, as well as two 2023 firsts and three 2023 thirds. So uh, overall, looking at this team, uh, what are your thoughts? And uh, we'll also address the trades that he made. Yeah, so I think you could go a number of different directions with this team um, because you do have a mix. I, I'd say a pretty healthy mix of like players in their primes and players that are going to continue to accumulate in value. I'd say for the most part, your team is more so aligned with a competitive team just based on the players that you have. But you do have a lot of draft capital as well. And when you're in a position like that, you don't necessarily need to tear it down and rebuild because I know the worst thing you can do in Dynasty is just be constantly rebuilding and never compete. Um, but at the same time, you do have a position, an interesting position for me. The, the name that stands out is Darren Waller because you have Pat Fryermuth. That he might be a guy that you might be looking to shop if you can turn Darren Waller into a wide receiver instead of a draft pick because your team could compete this year, but your wide receiver core is a little suspect. So if you could turn Darren Waller into a Monroe St. Brown or Marquise Brown or maybe an older wide receiver like Keenan Allen or maybe somebody uh, in that uh, kind of range, that's probably what I'm thinking. He um he actually just updated me. I I missed the comment. Um, he actually did trade Waller. So it, it's funny you mentioned you know trade Waller because he did trade Waller. He traded Waller the one ten along with the twenty twenty three second and third in exchange for this year's one hundred one. And his plan is to go after Brees. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're getting Brees, I mean you have a four stack of you know what top ten to twelve running backs this year. Like that's, yeah, and I'd I'd if you so if you do get Brees, which I think is a smart move. You probably want to shop Saquon Barkley. I think yeah. I, I think you should probably shop yeah. him and try and turn him into one or two wide receivers that can help you out if you can, or draft or more draft capital. That's always an option too because you have the one oh. If you have the one oh one, you also have the one oh three, so you can address your and the one oh six. So you could probably get Garrett Wilson and Drake London, or at very least like Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, or Drake London and Jamison Williams, or something like that to add to your core. And then if you trade Saquon Barkley, let's say for um, Jalen Waddle or something like that, then then your your team is really rounding itself out nicely. Another thing I'll say too, I mean, the 103 could be Malik I, Willis also. That or yeah, I would I would maybe even look at maybe attaching the 103 and you know Tua and seeing if I can go after a big fish at quarterback if my plan is to compete this year. Because I mean Kirk Cousins is a really, really good quarterback too to have. If you can turn, you know, 103 and Tua into Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson into yeah like some somebody in that range uh maybe even maybe that gets you Dak who knows maybe yeah could get to Dak Prescott might get you there yeah for sure so I mean overall you're you're in a good situation he says uh what are my needs in the next two years and what what I should do now so basically you acquired the one one you went and you made that move and you made that decision because you're making that move to package capital and go acquire a player like Brees Hall you're going to have to try to make your competing window now with Brees Hall, Javante Williams. Obviously, if you if you trade Saquon Barkley for two win now type of wide receivers, oh, you can always keep them too. If you can, Waddle. if you can, if you have three flex spots on your team, you can start all these running backs by all means. Keep them. 
for sure the only reason why I would be more willing to package, you know, Barkley for multiple uh, competitive type of wide receivers is because of the status of the wide receiver core because I and mean, he's, outside, he's the riskiest running back on your team also. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, outside of Evans and Thielen, like Ridley's not playing this year. Who like, who's going to step up and be your wide well, receiver? You, you basically got to hope that let's say Drake Rondo. London at one Oh three and Garrett Wilson at one Oh six or Jamison Williams at one Oh six fills out your need for that position because you traded away your one ten. Um, But yeah, I, I still think even if that's the case, even if you don't trade Barkley and you just have to rely on two rookies, Adam Thielen and Mike Evans, you could probably get by given the strength of your running back core. Once you add Brees Hall to the mix, um, real quick, do we want to cover these trades that he made? Uh, yeah, yeah. So to we waste EMC, at- Jameis Winston in exchange for two, a one Oh three, a 2023 first and a 2023 third. So the one Oh three and a 2023 first, is that enough for you to move off of CMC? Yes. Yeah. Easy. And then two, uh, I'd rather two than Jameis Winston straight up. So uh, that, that's a yeah. pretty easy move. And I mean, then you throw the third and maybe with the yeah. CMC side as well. Well, I mean, in a heartbeat, if we're looking at it realistically, one Oh three and a 2023 first, let's just say hypothetically, Whatever your your top ranked wide receiver is this year, Drake London, Traylon Burks for me, Garrett Wilson, you name it. Let's just peg that name in at 103. So you're talking about one of those guys, one of those stud, stud wide receiver prospects we got this year, along with the 2023 first, we're just assuming is going to be mid to late, given that this guy's going after CMC and Jameis, so he's probably trying to position for himself for a championship. Give me the young asses there. I I love CMC. He's going to be a very, very good contributor, but realistically, if I can – flip that 25, 26 year old volatile running back. That's been dealing with injuries for two first round picks, including one that's in the top three. I absolutely love that deal for you and trying to get younger. The other trade that he ended up making here, he traded away. I love how he lists Kyle Trask as trash too. I love to oh, see that. He um, actually messaged me and he said, uh, I meant to type Trask into the tr- instead of trash, but you probably get that point anyways. <laughs> yeah, literally. So uh, he traded away Tom Brady. Kyle Trash, who's not going to be worth anything anytime yeah. soon, trust me. And he received Adam Thielen, the 110, and a 2023 20, third. So the yeah. one pen and Tom Brady is probably pretty fair value. I would I, say I would for a competitive team, yeah. I'm okay giving up a late first round pick if I'm I have a chance to win this year. That's the only way I would do it, obviously. But th- this guy must think he has a chance to win this year with Tom Brady. He's securing the future to Tom Brady behind him, but that's not worth anything because he's not going to be the future to Tom Brady. Adam Thielen. Also a good piece to get on top of that because he's probably pretty undervalued right now in Dynasty. If yeah. you're a contending team and you're looking to fill out your wide receiver core, or your flex spot, I think Adam Thielen's a perfect guy for anybody who's a contender out there listening to this to go out and trade for. Yep. No, uh, I would agree with you there. Uh, I like both these deals for you. I think you did a, a phenomenal job on both of them. And overall, I mean, you got a, a very, very good accumulation of assets here. Yeah, just try to see once you get Brees Hall, if you can – Take one of those other running backs, specifically Saquon Barkley for the most part, given the context of your team, and see if you can get a couple picks to add to that wide receiver core. So overall, I mean, you're in a good position. Good work. Yep, for sure. So let's move on to Eli's team. Uh, He reached out to me on Twitter. You guys can see his team on the screen there. Quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields um, in a 10-teamer. Then he's got Mixon, Jacob, CEH, ETN at running back. He also has uh, Debo Samuel, CD Lamb. Uh, Jerry Judy, et cetera, Gabriel Davis, Ronda Moore, a wide receiver also has Pat Fryermuth and Mike Kosicki at tight end. So a pretty well-rounded roster for the most part, just quarterback three is a bit of a question mark, I would say. Uh, and then he also has the 110 this year, three 2023 first, two seconds in 2023, and then all of his picks in 2024 as well. He's basically saying, thinking of drafting a quarterback at 110, but it kind of depends on how everything plays out. That is pretty much the motto of this entire quarterback class, I would say, is it depends on how everything plays out because at the 110, 
if Matt Corral or Desmond Ritter or Sam Howell goes in the first round or, you know, borderline first round even, then I think the 110 is a fine pick for them. In a, in a 10-teamer, the 110 is, you know, a pretty valuable pick, obviously. And in a super flex league uh, for a 10-teamer, the quarterback position has a little bit less value. But if Matt Corral goes 32 to the Detroit Lions, I'm okay spending the 110 on him. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's funny because there's a scenario that only one quarterback's picked in the first round, and there's a scenario where four or five are picked in the first round. Like, we generally don't know how the NFL fully views this quarterback class. I mean, we've seen even in recent expert mocks recently that, you know, Matt Corral's been mentioned to the Seahawks. Like, Desmond Ritter's been mentioned to the Saints or the Steelers. Obviously, we've already heard a ton of the Malik Willis hype. People are already basically pegging in Kenny Pickett at sixth overall to Carolina, given that picture of him with Matt Rule at Temple. Like, there's so many. And the best quarterback in the entire class, Sam Howell. We have no idea where he's going to go. Yeah, no, Lily. Uh, although a, a couple, uh, there, there's a little niche on Twitter that likes him with the Lions. So uh, we'll see if that I, happens. I'm part of that niche. I would yeah. love if Sam Howell went 32 to the Lions. Yeah, imagine two. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, no, that'd be but, uh, but he he also asked basically, what does he need besides quarterback? Honestly, you don't have a whole lot of needs. You, you probably know what we're about to say because if you've been listening to this channel for any period of time, you know that we're not the biggest Joe Mixon and Dynasty guys. I would gauge the market on Joe Mixon. It's it's. I mean, we sound like a broken record at this point, but if somebody's willing to give you a young running back in exchange for Joe Mixon, if you can, I mean, you already have Travis Etienne on your team, but if you can get, you know, J.K. Dobbins plus for Joe Mixon, which I think you should be able to do right now, given uh, Dobbins' injury status and the fact that they're poking around Melvin Gordon. I think you should be able to get something like that. I also, you guys know I'm not a big fan of CEH as well, so I'd probably be trying to sell him. He was in the sell these running backs before the NFL draft video. And also those um, receivers that have some value right now with Gabriel Davis and Rondell Moore. If you can package Gabriel Davis and CEH and get up to a secure asset like a wide receiver, like a stud wide receiver, like, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown in a second or something like that in exchange for that kind of package, I would absolutely be looking to do something like that. Yep. No, uh, I would agree with you with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Gabriel Davis, Rondell Moore, uh, if we're looking at running back, obviously CEH. I mean, realistically, I wouldn't be opposed given value if somebody made an offer on any of those top three running backs on the team, like ETN. For the most part, I'm at least aligned, if not ahead. Of I'm the more inclined market. to hold Jacobs as well, just because I think That's he's fair. probably going to have his best season of his career this year. That's fair. I mean, it, it could be a mixing scenario, which you've kind of pointed out in the past, improved offense, obviously more scoring opportunity. And he kind of showed a little bit of pass catching upside last year. He's so, also only a, yeah. like a year older than ETN. Yeah, yeah, which is which is pretty funny. But uh, overall, uh, I mean, he's also got three 20, 23 first and two 23, 20, 23 seconds. Like, yeah, I mean, this is uh, in a really good shape in terms of where your roster's at. The other thing I'll quickly add is uh, I would gauge value on Debo Samuel. Like, if somebody's willing to, you know, throw you, like, let's just say hypothetically, if you can... DK Metcalf in a first or something like that? I mean, I doubt you can get that, but I mean, even DK in a second, maybe? Like, I, I, I would I would see if somebody willing... To People are pretty do down on DK right now, man. There's somebody that might might be willing to do something like that. But Debo's, Debo's also got a kind of an uncertain future, too. It wouldn't shock me if he held out before he got extended. I think he will. Uh, this year. And I, I think that it's definitely a I possibility. So Debo Samuel, we have a number of different concerns with him. He's been injury, you know, struck in the past in college, in, early in his NFL career. But he did stay healthy this year for the most part. And that's going to hold his value very highly. But he is still a guy that's, you know, a lot older than people think, given how old he was as a prospect. And he has a ton of value given what he did last year. And we also have lingering contract question marks as well. So if you can turn him into somebody in his tier, if you can trade Debo Samuel and CEH for AJ Brown, I'm, I'm 100% doing that. 
Yeah, 100%. So uh, overall, we can move on to the next and final team of the video, and that's going to be from Brock. Uh, well, shout out because, uh, I mean, he's a, a longtime supporter of the channel, and I swear he's in every single live stream. So, you know, I'll uh, give you the the due respect. I got to shout out Brock. But uh, this is a 12-team Superflex league that he's in. 0.75 tight end premium. He mentions here that there's a quarterback, two running back spots, three wide receiver spots, a tight end, and two flexes along with obviously the super flex. So he mentions here, description and questions. I took over this orphan team that was middle of the pack in a league of sharps, and he decided to go all in because half of his league was selling to rebuild. I've never went all in like this before, so I was wondering if you could evaluate my trades and give advice on any future moves. Thanks, guys. So, uh, I mean, if we're looking I'm, at the team. I mean, I'm one of the one of the better I'm the I'm the all in guy and the of the two of us I'm the guy that goes all in more than Danny so I guess this is my uh, jurisdiction here so looking at his team you guys can see Mahomes and Allen I mean you can't get a better quarterback core than that going all in uh, yeah. you have Eckler and Gibson as your top two running backs you also have Carter Mostert etc Diggs Allen Judy Gallup is will do just fine at wide receiver but you probably could use a little bit more depth there uh, and then Mark Andrews at tight end you can also flex uh, Dallas Goddard given the uh, I guess 0.25 advantage of the tight end premium on your regular half PPR league uh, for tight ends. He doesn't have his first round pick in 2022. Uh, I believe doesn't have a second round pick as well. It doesn't look like he has really any picks in the next <laughs> couple of years. So his trades that he talked about here, he received Austin Eckler, uh, Stefan Diggs and Antonio Gibson in exchange for two first round picks. Uh, one in 2023, one in 2024, Jalen Waddle, Kenneth Gainwell, Khalil Herbert, a 2022 third. So, the meat of this deal is is the first, you know, three assets in both. So what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I, I think this is more than fine. As we kind of mentioned, Gainwell, Herbert, let's just say hypothetically between them is what? Like a late two or a late three value? Let's, let's just say for, for contextual sake. So we'll just say you got two thirds added onto this, which I mean, realistically here as a contender, whatever. Let's fugaz to you. Mm -hmm. Eckler, Diggs, and Gibson for Waddle and two first. Let's just say... Right now, although I have Waddle slightly ranked higher from a from a contending standpoint, Diggs is about Waddle in this deal. Yeah. Then you got Eckler and Gibson for a 2023 and 2024 first that you're expected to be mid to late as a contender. Yeah, I'm and fine then with you making throw this. on all the other pieces of this deal as well. Yeah. I I've, I think this is a good trade for you. I don't I think agree. you you know took them to the woodshed or anything, but I think this is probably a fair trade for both sides. I agree with that. So uh, I mean, speaking of the woodshed, like yeah, early 2022 second and a 2023 second, like. Is probably about Keenan Allen, but for a contender, I mean, you're getting a top 12 wide receiver season for, you know, what, like, who's even an early second this year, like, hypothetically? Christian Who, like, Watson, George, George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Pickens in a second for Keenan. Yeah, like, you give, give me Keenan Allen as your contender. I mean, you're talking about 150, 160 plus targets and one of the most high-powered offense in the league. It's really a no-brainer for me. Yeah, which is Allen is like the poster child for like a contending wide receiver. I think if you yeah. guys are contending and you need wide receiver help or depth or just high-end talent at that position, like Keenan Allen is the perfect wide receiver to trade for. And Diggs is also a very good wide receiver to trade for if you're contending as well. So uh, trade number three, he received Josh Allen in exchange for Lamar Jackson, the 104 and a 2024 second. So is the difference between Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson to you enough that you get a high, a top five pick for him? <sighs> This one's tough as again, if I was a, as odd as this sounds, because you're giving up draft capital, you also secure the stack too of Josh Allen and Stephon. Yeah. Like, okay. As weird as this sounds, if I'm a rebuilder, I'm more willing to part with this for Josh Allen. If I'm a contender, I know that Lamar Jackson is probably, I mean, outside of Kyler Murray, 
Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are realistically the only redraft quarterbacks, in my opinion, that could probably usurp Josh Allen this year in terms of redraft. Year right. one, 2022 production. So if we're talking about a strict 2022 production standpoint, it's a little too much for me because, I mean, that 104, I mean, you could flip another contending piece or add another piece here. And obviously, I mean, the 2024 second is fine. But although it's fair value because of your status as a contender, I would have preferred the Lamar side, but I understand why you did it. You know, it's so enticing getting the 101 overall in fantasy. Yeah, and having the 102 already on your roster with Mahomes yeah. too. And uh, you also, the thing I don't like about the trade is that at 104, you kind of do need another wide receiver, a young yeah. wide receiver to add to your team. And that would have really, really helped to add Indeed. Garrett Wilson or, or Traylon Burks or Drake London to this team. But at the same time, I mean, Josh Allen is, he's a stud. He's going to give you a he's going to make it seem worth it to you for sure in season. I would have, I know that this sounds pretty crazy because people are going to be like, what do you mean? Like you'd rather give up Mahomes? I would have rather, like if if it was a, a deal where I could have gone Lamar Jackson 104 in a second or Mahomes in a, a second or a third for Allen, I would have rather given up Mahomes in that instance, as crazy as that and sounds. And having Allen and Lamar instead? Yeah. Yeah, and having that 104, yeah. Yeah, if, if, if this is the cost. If, this, if the cost of this was Lamar, the 111, and a 2024 second, I think this is probably yeah. a more fair trade. But the 104 is a pretty decent asset. So I, yeah. I think that might have been just a bit too much to give up. Like the 104 from a startup value perspective is probably like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, so, 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 I mean, realistically, yeah. you're giving up our 104. Like, I mean, Lamar to me Mine is, is Traylon Burks. No, no, no. I meant uh, not even the rookie 104. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson is my 104 in startups right now. Right, right. Josh Allen's my one-on-one. So basically, I mean, if we're contextualizing contextualizing this from a startup's perspective, the 104 startup pick, a four or five type of startup pick and a a second for the 101, it's a little steep for me. But again, I mean, you're you're contending. Obviously, I understand it's too much. You have digs on the roster already. You can get, you know, the best overall player in fantasy. So I I don't fault you too hard. I just probably would have preferred Lamar side, given the space of your team needing that extra wide receiver to complement it. Yep, for sure. So a um, bit of a longer video today. Again, yeah. uh, as we talked about, we would have loved to get to all the questions that we had from you guys. We still have about six or seven uh, submissions for next week. We will be doing a double header next week. So um, angsty Reaper, Jimmy Two Feet, Stone, uh, Stonequist, some of you guys that um, reached out to us, we will get you on for next week's video. If you guys want to submit more, by all means, our Patreon is the first priority. So if you want to make sure that your question gets on, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. You'll also get access to our dynasty rankings manifesto with our one quarterback, super flex rookie rankings, our quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, dynasty rankings overall, our bucketed rankings, top 100s for your startup. So that'll get you really, really prepared for your rookie drafts and for your dynasty startups. If you have any coming up, you can also get access to the dynasty rankings manifesto specifically by supporting our sponsor over on underdogfantasy.com using promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit. You'll get a hundred percent match back on whatever you put in as a thank you from them. And as a thank you from us, you'll get our dynasty rankings manifesto for free for doing that. And they have tons of contests running right now. They have the NBA playoffs are underway. So you got pickums going for that. You got super flex big boards for NFL stuff. You got, uh, rookies and sophomores will be closing right around the time of the NFL draft. If you guys want to check those out. So tons of fun stuff going on, uh, over at underdog. So check them out. And like I said, you'll get our dynasty rankings manifesto for free, like comment, subscribe. If you enjoyed peace out guys, we'll talk to you soon.